I'm Brett Chang. I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, April 5th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, and for the Peak Pals out there, here is our fact of the day. $243 million is the dollar amount of assets listed in the bankruptcy filing of Richard Branson's Virgin Orbit Holdings. Now, the company failed to secure long-term funding following a failed January rocket launch. So, Jay, I got to ask, are you in the market for a rocket? Are you looking to go to space anytime soon? You, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, you'd be in good company. It sounds like good company. I don't have that kind of scratch. I'm not that interested in going to space. It's nothing like Star Wars or Star Trek for that matter. I'm not that interested. Are you interested in taking flight? No, I get motion sick. There's no way I'm going to space. But the really interesting thing for me here is that there were a bunch of these companies that were trying to go to space and really only a very small handful of them did. Richard Branson's been at this for a long time and he wasn't even able to make it work. And really all you're left with now is SpaceX, Elon Musk and Blue Origin and Jeff Bezos. So it's interesting to see the billionaires start to fall off the space race. It turns out getting to space is hard. Gravity wants us here. Speaking of going to space, you know, we talked about this on the podcast yesterday. One of our own will be going to space soon. I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, I mean, I find space travel intriguing from a scientific perspective. I don't think I would be good for it. I don't like flying that much that I want to like leave orbit. It seems dangerous and unnecessary for me personally, but Godspeed to those heading up. Yeah, I agree. Brett, aside from going to space, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Finland and NATO. For our second story, Twitter is all in on pay to play. And for our last story, Canada's downtown courts are quiet. For our first story, the happiest people on earth have joined the West's most important military alliance. But this is a riddle. What does it all mean? So the answer is Finland. Finland has formally joined the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, more commonly known as NATO, as the 31st member. It's a direct result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, with former Prime Minister Alexander Stubb remarking that it was a quote-unquote done deal as soon as the war started. And the opposite of what Russia was trying to achieve, which was discouraging any NATO expansion in Eastern or Central Europe. Finn's support for joining NATO went from 60% at the outset of Russia's invasion to over 80% today, from beginning to end the entire process took, well, less than a year. And to explain this better, it's probably useful to look at the history. So Finland gained independence from the Russian Empire in 1917, going on to defend itself against Soviet invasions and two subsequent wars. The Cold War that followed kind of made things awkward, with Finnish leaders under pressure to accept some Russian interference in domestic politics in order to avoid any further aggression. The balancing act of carefully avoiding Russian provocation while staying friendly with the West came to be known as Finlandization. And this all matters because the move has brought an experienced Arctic army into NATO along with what one Washington think tank calls the largest and best equipped artillery in Western Europe. Russia doesn't love that. Government spokesperson called Finland's NATO membership an aggravation and promised that Russia will take countermeasures. Finland's extension has also effectively doubled the length of NATO's border with Russia. Finland has more firepower than Poland, Germany, Norway, and Sweden combined, Brett. But Finland's neighbor, Sweden, also wants to join NATO, but they've actually been held up by political differences with other fellow NATO member, Turkey, which has a veto on new members. The bottom line, Finlandization is finished. Sorry about that. That was a pun on Finland. Anyway, Finland's entrance into NATO officially puts it on the side of the West and shifts an important dynamic in geopolitics. 
For our second story, today in News We Wish was an April Fool's joke. Twitter is all in on pay to play. Now, Jay, what exactly is Elon Musk hoping we pay for? It's a really good question because not that many people are paying for it, which we'll talk about. Twitter is finally rolling out its plan to generate more revenue by forcing users to pay up for its Twitter Blue subscription product or risk losing their verified accounts. But media organizations, companies, celebrities, and everybody I know, but also government agencies, they're not having it. They don't want to pony up. Now, to catch you up, five days ago, Twitter started to remove legacy verified checks from non-paying accounts with some users yet to see the change. Organizations will now have to dish out about $1,000 a month to obtain gold checks, while individuals can get blue checks for as low as $8. Sounds like a steal. Yeah. Twitter will reportedly give free passes to the 500 advertisers that spend the most on its platform, as well as the top 10,000 organizations by follower count. And to make things more complicated, free gray checks will stick around to certify some accounts from governments, political parties, media houses, and brands. And it matters because Twitter's verified checks were once considered a status symbol of sorts by making them available to anyone who's willing to pay eight bucks a month and simply available to verify that they are a real person. Twitter has effectively eroded the value of those check marks overnight. The New York Times, Politico, and the White House are among the organizations that confirm that they will not be paying for their staff's Twitter verified profiles. Twitter did think of that. Companies that pay up can access Twitter verification for organizations, which offers the ability to note staff accounts as affiliated. Next, Twitter is hardly the only social media media giant relying on a subscription play to drive revenue. The company will also try to amp up the appeal of blue checks by giving subscribers access to exclusive features and prioritizing their tweets and explore pages. For our third story, Canada's downtown cores are not quite ghost towns, but their office buildings are eerily, eerily quiet, Brett. That's right, Jay. So driving the news, Canada's downtown office vacancy rate has reached 19%, almost double what it was before the pandemic. Toronto and Vancouver vacancy rates have jumped from a little over 4% in 2019 to 17.9% and 14.8% respectively. And it's happening because of remote work, hybrid work, flexible work, whatever you want to call it. While some employers are starting to nudge their staff back into the office, researchers think the overall trend will persist, shaking out to about 30% of working hours performed at home. Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, and Calgary have been hit particularly hard thanks to a high prevalence of office jobs that could easily pivot to remote startups. And this is important because Canada's office evacuations are changing the feel of urban life for city dwellers, with foot traffic way down in restaurants and other businesses that once catered to urban workers being forced to shutter. They're also contributing to a donut effect in which real estate prices drop in urban centers and rise in suburbs that ring them. One study found that Ottawa, Toronto, and Vancouver also a foot traffic decline of between 45 and 48% between January 2020 and last September. Next, University of Toronto professor Karen Chappelle says cities can refill offices that once housed remote-ready desk jockeys with organizations that involve physically present staff, such as those in the arts and education. Some developers are trying to lure workers back downtown with nicer amenities aiming to turn the city into a British-style donut instead. I like the sound of that. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a good Wednesday, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.